Welcome to Ye Can Do, a podcast about possibility. My name is Paula Thomas, and together with my co-host Bernie Kyo, we are on a mission every week to power new possibilities in our own lives and yours. Once a month, we'll be discussing a book that has helped us in a powerful way, and we'll share with you what we loved and learned from that author. So, if you'd like to learn how to yay can do your life, join us every month for our book review, and of course, every other week for our latest interviews and inspiration. Welcome to episode two of Yay Can Do, Powering Possibilities. I'm Bernie Kyo, and I'm with my co-host, Paula Thomas. Thanks for coming back if you have already listened to our introductory episode. In this episode, we will be reviewing a book that has special significance for Paula and I, and discussing insights which created new possibilities in our lives. Paula, do you want to let our listeners know what book we are talking about today? Oh, for sure, Bernie. Thanks a million. Yes, today is one which I think is, um, it's a real classic, actually, I'm going to say. And you and I both know this book super well. It's actually now Mm -hmm. 35 years old. The title is Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway, which, as you know, is a title I absolutely love because I think it's quite provocative. And we'll get into discussing exactly why I think that. Um, And the edition I actually have in front of me, Bernie, is... um, the 25-year anniversary edition. And they basically say on the cover, there's over 2 million copies that had already been sold. And I did a bit of research as well on Susan Jeffers, who, as you know, is the author. And I know you really love her particularly because she has a BA, master's and a doctorate in psychology, as well as, of course, being an incredible best-selling author. So definitely a book that has dramatically changed my life. And I think today we're going to talk about why. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I mean, that's a very powerful statement. Do you want to to lead <laughs> then in terms of, you know, what are some of the key ideas that, uh, yeah. that changed your life? For sure. Yeah. And there's a lot actually, Bernie. Um, so it's almost which one to pick first. I think mm. um, that the actual title to start with the most obvious starting place, the simplicity of this idea that there's no such thing as not feeling fear and that actually the only way to dissolve it is to do something and take some form of action. So I think that's actually quite dramatic. Um, And I don't think it's something anybody wants to hear, including me. But to give you one example, Bernie, I think that, you know, you know, podcasting has changed my life in, in a lot of very dramatic ways. And I think that's because, you know, we're here as human beings actually to be of service in some way. And I think I was always meant to do something with, you know, being able to speak and articulate ideas. But I was terrified of the idea of podcasting. You know, it was actually three years ago that I did my my podcasting course. And it took, I'm going to say, a full nine months of procrastinating before I finally did. So I felt the fear and I still feel the fear. And yet I'm now a professional podcaster. And I've resigned all consulting work. I'm now literally full-time doing this. And yeah, I feel very much more connected to the world because I, I suppose, took that leap of faith, even though it definitely wasn't the easy thing to do at the time. Yes, um, I I remember you uh, talking to me about wanting to do that and uh, all your fears and and just taking action and and making it happen. Um, 
you know, irrespective of the outcome, Paula. And, and I think, you know, that's that's what's so powerful about this notion that everyone feels fear. Um, it's almost that it's like irrelevant um, because we all feel it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she makes this point that fear can be, you know, a useful signal, you know, that it can be interpreted as a green light to move ahead rather than a signal to retreat, you know, yeah. almost a siren call to change. And I really, what resonated with me is the fact that she says to handle fear is to move from a position of pain. Only, you know, the only way forward is through it and action creates that forward momentum. Mm-hmm. And, and, and this, you know, feeds into the, 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 the thoughts that I have, you know, that, you know, as human beings, um, we share certain experiences in common, certain mm-hmm. feelings. And, uh, and the importance of this point for me is that, you know, we can't escape it. Mm-hmm. We all experience fear, mm-hmm. although our fears may, of course, be different. Yeah. If we see the experience of fear as an opportunity to grow, mm-hmm. then we can push through knowing that we are becoming stronger mm-hmm. and braver. So I know you believe in this absolutely passionately, Bernie, and seeing fear as a a way to move forward is very different from, and and I think Susan Jeffers makes this distinction very clearly, you know, there's fear that can be paralyzing, you know, Um, and she, she actually uses those words. How do you want to experience fear? Is it coming from a a place of pain and paralysis, or can you transform it into a place of power? And I know you're somebody who believes it can be used to power something positive. Absolutely. I mean, for me, feel the fear and do it anyway. Yes. you know, is essentially the essence of, of yay can do. Yeah. And um, Susan is normalizing the experience of fear. It is not a sign of weakness. It's a natural human reaction mm-hmm. that everyone will have at some point when they yeah. are facing, you know, the need to change, yeah. make decisions and um, push forward, grow. Yeah. And facing my fear, though, p- and pushing through only makes me stronger. So as you said, the real is- issue is not the fear. It's how we hold that fear. Yeah. Are we going to allow it to, to, to you know, bring us to a, a feeling of helplessness, depression and paralysis? Yeah. Or are we going to use it to move mm. to a position of power choice, energy, you know, and the action that she talks about. And she really emphasizes the point that the choice is ours. And this is really freeing, I think. It's not easy. Mm. Um, of course, we can be um, feel helpless or, you know, paralyzed at times by, by fear. Mm. It's not about disconnecting from that, but it is about making the decision to push through. And ultimately, mm. that is a very empowering choice, I think. Totally, totally. So I think everybody listening is going to feel very relieved (laughs) that we've acknowledged the normality of fear, as you've said so well there, Bernie. So I think that's the first thing that I think we all go around thinking everybody else is feeling it and that we're the only one that maybe suffers anxiety and and thinks that things are currently actually impossible. So, So I think you're absolutely right. And again, to go back to the year, I think it was 1987 that, that this book was published. And she did say also, by the way, you know, it's just looking on her website there, you know, this book was rejected by so many people and quite offensively, actually, by some publishers, by the sounds of it. But she, you know, fundamentally believed that this was a core essence of humanity. And again, you and I have done loads of kind of work on ourselves and, and reading and studying and coaching 
And something that's always stuck with me um, is the simplicity of the idea that almost everything I experience is either coming from a place of love or coming from a place of fear. So regardless of what form it is, it's fundamentally either positive or negative. Um, so I think when we realize that actually there will always be, and I think it's actually every day of our experience, Bernie, I don't know about you, mm. but for me, it's not that I have fear just about big things like podcasting. It's like I have a fear today that I might, you know, meet somebody who has COVID, for example, or I might have to make a difficult phone call. So it's almost endemic. Um, and I really liked one of the quotes I'll just um, mention, because again, back to the point about normality for me, she basically said, if you do continue to choose to live in fear and choose is a very important distinction, I think that your whole life has an undercurrent of dread. And I have lived so many years and so many times with that sense of dread. A lot of the time, I think I was unaware of it. But again, this kind of book definitely helped me go, oh, I don't have to live in a place of dread. There is a way of seeing possibility in everything. And actually, I'm loving going back and doing this work with you because we're getting to actually, you know, really examine what we learned when we read it the first time around. Absolutely, Paula. Absolutely. I mean, it's reminding me, you know, that the fear, it doesn't necessarily go away. Yeah. As you know, you know, I've taken up uh, sailing, um, laser dinghy sailing, um, which is a one person <laughs> handler. Um, wow. Because it's been a lifelong dream to, to sail that I have not been able to realize until now. Yeah. And I can tell you that each and every time I push that <laughs> boat down the slipway, yeah. I am in utter fear. And um, but yeah. but I've learned that pushing through that um, is making me stronger, and yeah. uh, it provides the exhilaration in getting it right and the tragedy of getting it wrong. <laughs> <I kept> totally. <laughs> and but I've learned as well through through a summer of sailing that. I have liked who I have become, wow. you know, I am, okay. I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of myself for pushing through that fear. Yeah. And I've learned to accept that it is, it is never going to go away. There'll always be that element of, uh, of, of the unknown of, of what's going to face me out in the water, depending on the, yeah. the weather and the wind. And yeah. But you know, I feel so empowered and so full of possibility by just pushing through that, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that's that's a choice I made and I have to make each and every time I, I go out there. Yeah. You know, and I've learned that that's a journey as well. I've realized that I'm on a journey to becoming a competent sailor. Mm. I, I don't think I will ever be an expert. I don't think there is an end destination in sight. Yeah. But I will enjoy this journey to becoming better and better, you know, and mm. to a certain extent that feeds in Paula to, to one of the key ideas that I liked in, in, uh, mm -hmm. in the book. And that is about taking responsibility mm -hmm. and for our lives, you know, and yeah. pushing through and asking, you know, what, what do I really want to do? I, yeah. I think that Susan you know, she calls on us to to live a reflective life, a conscious life, mm -hmm. rather than just, you know, motoring yeah. along um, without really thinking about what what do I really want? What's meaningful to me? Yeah. And I think, you know, she talks about 
personal power is the ability to get yourself to do what you want to do. Mm. And nothing is as frustrating as having deeply held ideals, goals and dreams that you do not try to achieve because you're you're held back by the fear, you know, yeah. of failure or making a mistake or standing out, you know. Yeah. I mean, that kind of creates a uh, the sense of living in an inauthentic life. And, and that is, you know, frankly, too high, high a price to pay for, for the fear of change, you know? Yeah. So, so I love that notion of, of, of taking action and the power in that, the forward momentum it takes, you know? Yeah. And, and she has this great question. She says, where, when, when it comes to a decision of whether to take action or not to ask yourself, mm-hmm. is this action moving me towards a more powerful place? Yeah. I think yeah. that's a beautiful question because we will know if it's not, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and and she talks about, you know, to be really powerful, you need to be in charge of all aspects of your life, you know, your yeah. work, your relationships, your environment, your body. Yeah. And, and I interpret this as, as meaning not being in control. Um, because I don't believe we're in control of much. <laughs> no, um, we've learned that for sure. You know, yeah. but, but of, of choosing to live this kind of conscious life where I am proactively reflecting on what's important to me, what is meaning for me, yeah. meaningful for me, what my values and ideals are. And, you know, determining how I want to be, how I want to live, how I want to work. And this is really taking responsibility for living a satisfying life. And I also think it's critical for leading a meaningful life. You know, and anyone, she says, can lead a productive and meaningful life, no matter what our external circumstances, if we consciously show up and if we take actions in the areas which are most important to us. So, you know, I really love that. I think it's really life affirming. Yeah. Yes. You're totally what? right. Yeah, I, I do. I think there's a couple of things I would I would even build on as well, because I think it's it's so easy. And again, I have definitely lived in the existence of, you know, uh, you know, which is essentially the victim mentality when we mm. don't take responsibility. Um, and that's something I think a lot of us do unconsciously for a very long time, perhaps. And books like this shine a light on you're actually just choosing to be a victim and the alternative, the Option. And the actual action, what I love about this is she doesn't just say take responsibility. She gives lots of different tools, which I think we'll probably talk about as well. Like, you know, one of my favorites is, for example, using affirmations, mm-hmm. because it's super easy to sit, you know, for us on our, our wonderful new podcast and say, yes, you can, you should take responsibility. And, 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 and somebody listening might be like, yeah, but how, like if, if I'm struggling with with a limiting belief, where do I start? So I love, you know, the word powerful, as you said, is exactly what most of us have maybe given up. But she talks about, you know, energizing yourself every morning, you know, standing, you know, or sitting or reflecting, repeating that, you know, I am powerful and I'm loving or I am powerful and I am loved and I'm powerful and I love it. I love that. (laughs) Isn't that just like even saying it now once over those three short sentences? I think if there's ever a time again where I'm sitting in terror or in fear or in indecision or anxiety, like that's a very practical thing, like a, almost a mantra that, you know, literally from reading this book, you can kind of go, this is something I can do right now in order to take responsibility. Absolutely, Paula. I have been actually practicing that since I re- reread this book Aww. in preparation for, for this episode. Well done. And, you know, I love to sit on my deck in the in the in the cold Irish sun <laughs> or 
rain uh, in the morning. And, uh, you know, I tend to wake up with quite a dark, bleak outlook. And I have found that in, in saying that mantra in particular and and others you know yeah. that it completely rewrites my my thinking you know and uh, and she makes that point about the power of language and positive thinking yeah. and I can't even believe that I'm going to be the one to raise this point because you know how in my <laughs> in my previous life I've resisted that whereas you've always been positive Paula you know and I'll explain a little why there was some resistance there later but yeah. you know she says learning to think more positively will pull you closer and closer to finding your power and yeah. she gives that great example and I'll let you talk about it you know the physical demonstration you know, where, yes, where positive yes. words make us stronger, but, yeah. you know, negative self-talk actually makes us physically weak, you know, totally. and uh, and I've just found even the course of the last two or three weeks, you know, that, mm. as I said, no matter what way I wake up, I'm yeah. able to rewrite the, yeah. the the frame and it's dark my day in a, in a really positive fashion. And that's yeah. really, really fundamentally empowering and life enhancing and allows me to move forward and take action each and mm-hmm. every day, you know. Yeah. But she does make the point that it takes training and, and, and daily practice and, you know, but it, that it can change everything in your life. It can silence the negative chatterbox or yeah. and the hate committee, yeah. you know. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And like I was reading these books, I can't remember now exactly when the the light bulb finally went off that I didn't just have to read the books. I had to take the action that the books were teaching me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, you know, I'm not a, you know, somebody who normally needs to be, you know, banged over the head to get to something so simple. But honestly, and she even references that actually towards the end of Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway, when, you know, a student of hers says, I'm reading all the books that I'm waiting for it to take. And she's like, you can't, it doesn't take, you have to take it. So you're absolutely right. And I'm thrilled to hear that you have actually made immediate change um, yes. in terms of that affirmation that you can feel the difference. Mm-hmm. And and I'll, I'll I'll respond now exactly as you said, Bernie, about the the um, you know, this demonstration, which I've certainly seen at lots of maybe coaching workshops. And it's essentially a very simple practice and it works every single time. And again, listeners might be familiar with it, but it's quite simply where somebody will stand or be asked to stand with an arm outstretched. And, you know, the person who's doing the the test will essentially just kind of see how strong they are, like how much resistance is required to push the arm down away from being just, you know, outstretched. Mm -hmm. And it's incredible. So they know what the level of strength is. And then they're asked to just say some negative words and instantly. Like I am weak. Exactly. Exactly. Words like I am weak, I'm stupid. The kind of things I think most of us say in our internal mind without Mm -hmm. ever admitting it and instantly the arm loses strength. And then obviously the reverse is true. If you ask that person to say positive words, immediately the body is physically stronger. And that's extraordinary because what Susan Jeffers says is it doesn't matter whether you believe the words in that moment. If you're saying the words in the moment, your body will want to prove that you're right and will behave exactly as you've instructed it to. So it just shows, you know, if we're giving ourselves negative words, what can we expect in terms of our level of power we're experiencing? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I've always thought that although I, you know, personally I've experienced that I can still achieve, um, you know, my career and my life uh, goals and things like that, 
with a negative mindset um probably through sheer determination or or <laughs> luck or someone's looking after me out there yeah but how much easier is it to do it with a positive mindset you know yeah. she, she says all we have to do is change to change our world is change how we think about it yeah and I, I know that that can sound so too easy but it's actually true and there may be some work to do uh you know in of course, terms of yeah. maybe therapy or support groups or you yeah. know whatever you know are, are practicing some of the tools that she offers in the book to to change that narrative and to get there yeah um but 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 it but it really is it it is true and she gives countless examples of people who faced mm. with similar circumstances adopted different attitudes in the face of loss illness etc some yeah. of of which maybe because they were ill-equipped in terms yeah. of their own trauma or you know their own um learned behaviors etc but but i fundamentally believe that in each and every circumstance that i'm faced with mm. i have a choice in how i see it it's not necessarily my instinctive choice <laughs> that may be darker or negative but yeah. with with some reflection, you know, with some meditation, with some positive affirmations, with talking to others, you know, yeah, yeah. I can perhaps see um, a different perspective on it. And I learned that actually because uh, three years ago, I went on a, a fantastic uh, senior leadership program. And there, you know, was a really super learning environment. And, and as, you know, CEOs and, and MDs, we mm. would talk um, about our, our circumstance and the challenges we were facing. Mm. And I really learned in that experience that that we all could bring different perspectives on a situation and therefore that it wasn't necessarily about, yeah. you know, the truth or the false, you know, it, that there were multiple perspectives and then it's up to us to kind of invite mm-hmm. into our lives in, 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 in different circumstances, different yeah. perspectives in order then to choose the one that was mm-hmm. most beneficial to us, you know? And, yeah. and she makes a really, really good point about this. And this is something that I feel very passionate about mm-hmm. um, because initially when I was reading this, I felt some resistance and, um, okay. you know, obviously we're not all faced with equal circumstances and people totally. face very traumatic uh, circumstances, yeah. very impoverished circumstances, yeah. real, you know, yeah. or, you know, trauma, trauma. you know, yeah. etc. cetera. And uh, um, so to just, it seems a bit facetious and kind of Western worldish to say, you know, all we have to do is to change our world, you know, is to change how we think about it. Yeah. But, you know, what she does say and the point she makes is that, you know, her, her affirmation of positive and the power of positive thinking, yeah. it, it does not mean that she's, you know, asking us to stifle feelings of sadness and pain that exist in our lives and in the world as well. Mm. You know, she said that real positive thinking connects with our pain. We mm. all experience loss, rejection and disappointment. So yeah. this is not about toxic positivity at all costs. It's not about trying to deny or bypass difficult feelings or emotions. It's yeah. so, so important. And later in the book, she talks at length about that, that Mm. we do connect with those, that we talk to people, that Mm. that we soothe ourselves and practice self-compassion. And also that we seek to understand our pain because it's a really important signal. And also because if we deny it, suppress it or flee from it, it can really lead to, to really destructive 
behaviors yeah. to inner conflict to seeking solace in, in substance or behaviors you know that 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 hurt us and in in my own you know story and, and personal journey mm. as someone who did flee from her her pain and, and conflict at a certain period in her life mm. it did lead me down a path of um you know, of of developing a, a as I've mentioned, a, a disorder uh, around compulsive overeating and and an addiction to sh- to sugar and to high fat foods, and uh, mm. and that was an attempt to 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 bury the discomfort and and the pain that I was feeling because I I, I clearly was afraid to look at it, afraid of what it might be telling me, afraid of the choices that it might you know. Yeah. mean that I might have to make. Yeah. And so so for me, the, the fact that she's emphasizing the power we have to change our world in terms of how we think about it, the mm. fact of positive thinking is is it really rings through to me today after all the work that I've that I've done mm. you know on myself and and the help that I've received mm. in, in recovery. And but it 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 but today as a as a you know as a human being it is more important than ever for me to connect with my feelings of discomfort and pain and mm. not try to wash them away with overriding them or taking a bypass on them. Yeah, no. And thank you for sharing that, Bernie. I think, you know, you certainly don't get to, you know, the age we are. I mean, you know, I think we said in the introduction, we're both, you know, coming into the second half of our life, let's say, in terms of, you know, mm. big milestone birthdays and stuff. And you don't get to being at this stage of life without grief and loss. And as you said, the coping mechanisms that human beings, you know, seek solace and seek solutions in um, sometimes cause more problems than they actually obviously solve. Um, mm. And um, and there, there's a very um, powerful journey that you've been on. So I know we'll certainly talk about that in time uh, in terms of exactly how you've come through the other side. It's absolutely wonderful. So I can share, you know, the experience of having, again, you know, feel the fear and do it anyway for me, you know, simple things like (laughs) I was reflecting actually, as we were preparing today, like, you know, my story of, you know, being single for a very long time and, Mm. you know, feeling quite ashamed of all of that. So that was certainly something that, um, you know, I only met my husband when I was 47. Um, so that, that really did feel very difficult for me. But when Mm -hmm. I reflected back, do you know what, Bernie, like, I actually think I was doing like, you know, Daniel, wasn't the first man I could have married. Like I actually was, you know, saying I wanted to get married, but anytime the opportunity arose, I did everything in my power to sabotage myself. And I broke up with everybody who got serious with me in relationships. So, (laughs) so it's quite, quite bizarre that, um, you know, that I had that behavior because I knew I wanted a loving relationship. But actually, it reminds me of one of, you know, just back to Susan and her advice. And, you know, towards the end of the book, I suppose, she does get much more philosophical. um, And I know there's loads more in between. I don't even think we're going to do justice to it all in one conversation. But, Mm. you know, she talks about this idea, which I think Gandhi made very famous, you know, about being the change that you wish to see in the world, you know, um, about being of service, being of contribution. And for me, um, you know, with this intention of, you know, can I ever have a loving relationship and get married? The shift for me was actually to say, you know what, I'm, I, I set an intention to find someone to love rather than what I'd always said is find someone to love me. And I feel that That's actually, so powerful. 
it, it actually definitely, I think the universe finally said, that's what you're here for. <laughs> you're not here to just accept and allow. And, you know, that's, of course, it has to be mutual. But I think for me, it was a case of, you know, how can I be a loving woman? Okay, you know, bring him on and I'm ready for him. So, yeah, so I think feel the fear and do it anyway. Doesn't mean that it isn't terrifying to think, oh my God, what would happen if my relationship had an issue? Because, you know, I'm still so newly wed. Like, it's just like, it's an unthinkable concept. And yet I know for a fact that most marriages go through all sorts of ups and downs. So, you know, realistically speaking, I'm sure we'll have, you know, <laughs> stuff to deal with. Um, so do you know what I mean? So feel well, the fear. As someone who's coming up to her 20s <laughs> wedding anniversary wow. this summer, yeah. I can confirm that absolutely. <laughs> there are many joys. Totally. Highs and lows uh, on, that, on that journey together, you know. So, and yeah. I, I love that. I love that point you're making, Paula, that that complete 360 in, 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 in perspective, you know, the change in perspective that you made from yeah. it being this, you know, I'm looking for someone just to love me, you know, almost yeah. that's, I mean, understandable, obviously, you know, because we all want to be loved. Um, but that shift from kind of that almost ego driven um, yeah. perspective Needy. to <laughs> actually, I have, I have all this love to give and I want to find someone to love. I mean, it's re- it's really, really beautiful beautiful and and I mean she has a whole episode dedicated to choosing love and trust you know and she talks about you know be generous share information give praise away give time away give love away give money away give thanks away and and just be of service to other people and 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 that's obviously a key key tenant of the 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 recovery program that that I'm in and um and 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 you know she makes the point that that you know whatever you can possibly give you will receive back in abundance and more and and that has been been so true uh in terms of my own experience you know not just obviously through through trying to work a recovery program but 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 in life in general now it's not always easy <laughs> because i like anyone i'm prey to my uh to my ego <laughs> Oh, for sure. We're both and, guilty uh, of that my, one. My, my character yeah. flaws, you know, and uh, but yeah. but it is a very very abundant way to live, isn't there? You know, um, and uh, and there's no more powerful example of of uh, within any kind of relationship seeking to be the one that gives the love rather yeah. than just taking it. You know, so uh, so yeah. so I love that, Paula. And mm. there's there's you know there's other things I love about what she says. She says, um, I mean, we could go on all day. I think the reason <laughs> we chose this book was that we knew we had to read it to remind ourselves of the things that we need to relearn and apply. You know, but totally. she talks about something that I adore. And it's called the no lose decision and the no lose model, you know, and she talks about, you know, for for many of us, not all of us, obviously, but, you know, one of our biggest difficulties is making decisions and and the panic around making mistakes when we're faced with, you know, a a point of of choice or or change. And and she says that the reason that we're, we're so afraid of making decisions and panic about making mistakes is that we have this need to be perfect. Yeah. you know, and our, our real need to control the outcome of events, you know, and that that those two combined work together to keep us petrified when yeah. we are, you know, thinking about <laughs> making a change or attempting a new a new challenge, you know. And yeah. I mean, I, I experience of, of feeling that and still feeling that around this podcast series. And uh, but she said, you know, if we can shift our thinking to this no lose model, you yeah. know, at our choice point, you know, or a decision point, 
we 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 look at it as not being you know as having a series of choices and we we no longer define it you know the the success i suppose by the outcome but but simply see it as we have multiple paths to choose from you know and mm. that each path will offer opportunity learning and growth um you know maybe we'll go down a path and we'll learn that it's not for us but we will make the valuable learning that, of, mm. you know, about something that we don't like, you know. So mm. she's saying there's no right or wrong decision, just different ones. And yeah. both offer us the opportunity to experience life in a new and different way. Yeah. You may have to course correct if you discover the path you've chosen isn't for you. But mm. that in itself is a useful learning. And, mm. and, and so it's, it's about making that shift from the mentality of being afraid, afraid of making a mistake mm-hmm. to being afraid of not making a mistake, you know, because mm-hmm. if I'm not making my mistakes, I am not learning and growing and we are not going to succeed in everything we attempt in life. That's guaranteed. But yeah. look at how rich our life can be, you know, what, mm-hmm. do, what do you think of that? Does that resonate with you? Well, it, it, I just keep coming back to my, you know, fear of actually choosing a husband like yeah. <laughs> That was totally like it was there the whole time. And she opens actually at the very beginning of the book, as you know, with them, this whole thing that we're afraid with that decision paralysis that you're referring to, that we won't be able to handle if things fail. Mm. And that was definitely my mindset. Like, you know, if I had a failed marriage, I would never get over the shame. Like, I just know how, how, how horrendous, shocking. I mean, I'm sure so many people can, you know, have, have seen it, experienced it and all those other things. So that kept me in a place of, I kept choosing to, um, to not have the experience at all for fear that it could go wrong. So, you know, so, I mean, I ended up extremely lonely, very upset. I cried Mm. on your shoulder for how many years? And eventually I was just like, I do think this idea of whatever happens, I can handle it. I can show up. I'll be the most loving wife in the world. And if something changes, something changes. Like there's nothing I can, you know, I've, I've got my 50 years under my belt now. Like I'm not going to get any more information <laughs> to, to know better how to choose a husband other than follow my heart and go, whatever happens, I can handle it. And I just have to show up and be the best person I can be. Yes, yes, I love that, Paula. I can handle it. I mean, it's 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 so powerful, and yeah. in, I think in relationships, we're never guaranteed yeah. that they will work out, whether it's romantic or or otherwise. Mm. But that's not uh, that doesn't mean that they weren't of value, exactly. You know, or, or you know, I, I just I like if someone manages to share a significant amount of of mm. of time and 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 lifespan together, be it as a friendship or 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 in a partnership or in a romantic way, yeah. And that doesn't work out for me. That does not negate in any shape or form the fact that that was an important relationship that yeah. you know that that was meant to be for that certain a certain amount of time. Yeah. And, you know, and, 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 and that, that there is, you know, there's just no guarantees. So we just, you know, make yeah. the most of it and take the risk, as she said, take the risk to love, you know. Totally, totally. Mm-hmm. And you've reminded me of a funny story. And I don't know this author's name, but she has a book which definitely also helped me um, called Calling in the One. And this is a woman who literally wrote about manifesting her perfect partner. And when I saw her and she did, and it was a gorgeous story and it had all of the magic and, you know, miraculous experience that you would hope for. And certainly that I experienced when I met Daniel, uh, it felt right. You know, that kind of way. 
And she yeah. wrote this story so beautifully. And they did get divorced 10 years later. But when I saw her speaking about it, it was coming from a place of she was actually in a new relationship. And to your point, Bernie, it didn't mean that that husband of 10 years wasn't perfect for her for 10 years. And then, you know, who knows why? But they did go their separate ways. And she framed it so beautifully. I think it also helped me a lot. She was like, look, I have a PR problem. <laughs> you know, the one wasn't the only one. <laughs> now I've got another one. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Not that anyone sets out with that intention, but I was kind of going, well, you know, if she's putting herself up there on a pedestal as having all of the answers, then who am I to go? You know, I, I've got to be like a thousand percent convinced. Otherwise, I can't take action. So I think it made me realize that you just have to take the leap of faith at some point and know to your point that this relationship is beautiful, valuable, feels like it's divinely given. And my job is to show up and be the loving woman that I told the universe I wanted to be. Oh, I love that, Paul. It's brilliant. I mean, it's <laughs> it's actually speaking really to to what you know probably the last point that I wanted to make anyway about that she makes about just saying yes to our universe, you know, and that is yay can do in a nutshell, you know. Totally. Um, she said, we have the ability, you know, to choose our attitude, to find deeper meaning in our lives. We can say no to a situation, but yes to the possibility of growth it offers. I I absolutely love that you know yes. so she's saying yes means getting up and acting on your belief that you can create meaning and purpose in whatever life hands you yeah. she talks about it like acting out of strength not weakness it yeah. means having the flexibility to survey options and choose the ones that enhance our growth it means becoming alive to possibility and mm. and that's not easy you know as she said it's not about denying pain or you know taking yeah. a, a toxic positivity bypass you know we yeah. can be open to the possibility that a difficult experience or circumstances may be an opportunity uh, to grow before you have the benefit of the hindsight of it, you know. So, mm -hmm. you know, one of the, 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 the most you know, common examples I see of that, you know, in my in my career as a um, as a headhunter and, a, you know, executive search consultant mm. um, was, you know, people making the wrong job move despite, mm. you know, prepping the hell out of it, doing all the yeah. pros and cons, all the pull and push <laughs> factors, et cetera. You know, yeah. uh, often people find that they they, they find themselves in, in the wrong job and, and, and through no fault of their own um, because mm. maybe they arrive in and their boss has gone, the one who hired them and that, you know, that totally. they the chemistry yeah. with, there could be a restructure. They, they could find the culture is not at all one for them, you know, mm. but, but in each and every time I've seen that happen, if the person can, you know, hold on to the learning, can use it as, as growth enhancing, um, you know, can even learn new skill sets out of it. And then, you know, if necessary, obviously make the move to, to move on from that to course correct, as Susan would say. And mm. um, it's really hugely been a, a positive life enhancing experience because people can often tap into just yeah. how strong they are and their, their inner resilience, you know. So, mm. so she says, you know, get into the flow, stop fighting your life, let yeah. go and let the crazy river carry you to new adventures, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Wow. I love that. I mean, I really oh, do. Yeah. You know, oh, you know, yeah. Yeah. In every sense, the essence of what we're doing here. 
Uh, just exactly. getting into this crazy river and seeing, you know, what new exactly. adventures it brings. You know? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And there is a famous quote, Bernie, which I'm sure we'll use many times and I won't say it exactly right, but there's some famous like software developer who basically said that if you're not embarrassed in a year's time by what we're doing today, then you're not trying hard enough. So actually that was super helpful for me to, you know, the whole idea of Feel the Fear with my podcast, for example. I was like, okay, I'm going to be embarrassed that's just the case. Yes. Do you know what I mean? So get over yourself. It's just your ego and and, and have the conversations and create the content, you know? But Absolutely. Um, Advice that Paula has given <laughs> to me multiple times in the lead up to this podcast. Get over yourself. Oh, but I'm afraid, Paula, you're a polished professional uh, podcaster. I'm starting off. Get uh, over yourself, Bernie. Get we're both going to be embarrassed in a year's time. Get on time. this train track. <laughs> totally. Exactly. Totally. Exactly. We're going, you know, you know. We're here. So yeah, so we're here. We're here. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so I think Paula, we 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 leave it at that for today, and I'll just I'll just leave it yeah. the, the parting notes. You know, is for yeah. for all of us is to remember that we are not alone. You know, yeah. and to surround ourselves with the people that can help us in in this. You know, and that nothing is going to work for us unless we do the work. Yeah. And and lastly, I love when she says, "Much of the joy in life is trying to figure it all out." You know, so uh, it's about radical comfort with the the not knowing. And and, and the just trying, you know, and taking taking that action. Yeah. So have you any last words to impart before we, we finish off? Um, I would say my closing thought to myself as much as anything, Bernie, is really to do the daily practice. So I suppose mm-hmm. for me, it's a reminder that this book did change my life because I discovered affirmations. And I remembered mm-hmm. this particularly simple one about I am powerful and loving it. And mm-hmm. to take pride in that, because, you know, as I said, even in the introduction, sometimes we hide our light. And I think I've been guilty of that. So my closing thought is I am powerful and loving it. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Okay, well, that's great. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, I'll be back next week with a special guest talking about fear again and how to harvest, harvest it to create possibilities in our lives. Wonderful. And I'll be back in two weeks' time with another show, which Bernie will tell you all about next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to Yay Can Do, Powering Possibilities. <laughs>